Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. We're in the basement, and I almost got motivated to work on mopeds. But <laughs> I don't know if anybody else goes through this. And, like, I think Charlie Buss, I don't know who mentioned, like, the not necessarily moped depression, but, like, I go out my shop and I just stare at bikes and I want to get stuff done, but then I realize I don't have all the stuff I need. So I stare at bikes some more. And then I realize my shop is a mess and it's a mess. Like it's terrible. It's on the mark level at work, which fucking drives me nuts. So like I've spent the last hour and a half cleaning my garage because Mondays I don't do anything I get home from work and I just sit on the couch because that's kind of because everybody knows my work schedule I wake up in the middle of the night to go to work and like I discovered a new show like I'm a dork for racing drag racing watching cars turn left even even them fancy European road racing they do I hear about the Formula One cars and whatnot but like I discovered this one show fast and loud super cash days it's so stupid but I fucking love it um, but yeah, a bunch of us did get out Saturday in Minnesota. It was like 60 degrees. Um, old Will Wizard put a, like, I just kind of threw out the idea. I'm like, dude, let's do a ride on Saturday. He's like, well, I got to work. I'm like, dude, let's do it around two. Like you'll be off. Like the sun will be baking. It'll be a little warmer. He goes, well, do you want to leave that? I go, fuck yeah, dude. That's a, like, I'll take some of you Minneapolis boys on some different routes. And that's what we did. We all, he threw out a thing on the Minnesota moped page. I think like 15 people should met up at Merlin's rest, which I fucking love because like a guy who was like a father to me, his name is Merlin. So um, only six of us went, which was kind of a bummer, but you know, I think people are just so happy to see each other. that They're just like, okay. And you know, just rode and it was fucking nice. But then young Jake, as I referred to him as goes up to me at one of the stops. Hey, I think we want to go back to Minneapolis. I'm like, okay, we'll make a gas stop. And then I go up to people. I'm like, who wants to go to Minneapolis? And he goes up to me. He goes, hey, I think we're ready to go back to Minneapolis. And I'm always an inclusive person. So I'll always take the group's conscience of stuff. And (laughs) old Will Wizard Jake goes, speak for your fucking self, buddy. I wanted to go fucking ride some more. So we ended up going to the old Ham's brewery, surprisingly good fucking pizza there. I didn't realize that tap house, but you know, I'm getting jazzed up again. I'm uh angel and uh, I'm wrecking the surprise. It's not going to be a surprise because you'll see her photo, but like she was just talking about Baker's dozen bike. And I was actually working on my Baker's dozen bike and, um you'll see a little clip of something i got i got some good news for my bike this weekend um got some low-key sponsorship so that's gonna help you know help me make it through baker's dozen we'll say that um but yeah i just fucking it's that time of year but you know what it was 60 degrees in minnesota and then we got fucking three inches of snow on monday and how i just laughed because i knew it was fucking coming like everybody called it fall spring like it's so fall spring because like it happened last year like last year a bunch of us took a ride and the same thing happened like a like it's just minnesota fucking weather i don't know why i still live here stockholm syndrome that's why i still live here fucking stockholm syndrome i i tell i tell myself it's not that bad it's an abusive relationship 
but whatever yo it's fun and i get to fucking enjoy mopeds and that's why i wear out dr cylinders because i just ride all fucking summer um but speaking of riding and somebody who probably never really rode a dr cylinder because she has the i wanted to buck and be really awesome and give her a great intro and be witty but i'm not that witty when i have to be i'll just have her guest introduce herself what's up y'all moped world it's me angel creatures of one uh prepping it and nola i guess quietly <laughs> right on right on how's uh things down in nola right now for you angel swampy oof uh we got that uh that swamp rolling in you know so it's it's been about 80 degrees here for the past week uh you were just talking about the whole minnesota thing and getting snowed in and being from maryland uh, we had some pretty brutal winters or at least i thought they were pretty brutal uh and i i said to hell with this you know smart I did lady Fighting, you know, it's just like every every winter just got worse and worse. Where it was just like, when when is going to be the next day to ride? You know, when mm-hmm. when is it going to be a nice spring day? When is it going to be summer? When are the rallies going to be happening? You know, so yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, we're all kind of, especially with like I I'm a dork. Um, I started this podcast because I like mopeds, and I was such a mark for fucking moped Monday podcast. And I, you know, listen, I listened to yours, the, um, your episode you did on there. I feel like the goddamn, you know, b- beginning on in their podcast, they'd always be like, Satan's did it. So like anytime now, like people will suggest people to me, like you got suggested by Nate from the wizards and I'm like, Oh, awesome. And then like, I got a hold of you and we scheduled it. And then I found out like you fucking did. I'm like, but you know, <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, moped Monday did it. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, but I, mean, be- I, feel like, I feel like that was so early on too like I had really no idea what what they were up to um because I think that was maybe one of like the first second or third episodes it was I don't think early. they knew what they were up to really if you go back and listen to like my first 40 I didn't know what I was doing I'm steadily getting the kind of groove of things and I'm calling it an end uh April 9th you know that'll be the last episode I gave everybody a year and I told them that'll be that'll be it so you know <laughs> But not enough about me and then to you. Here, Angel, on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. What happened? Like the very first time you remember seeing a moped, not necessarily getting on, but seeing a moped to your smile ride, you know, in the first year or so mopeds and then kind of middle part and what it's like today. So, Angel, let me ask you, <laughs> what was your very first memory of a moped? Hold on, hold on. I got to get my sip of coffee. Okay, now you can go. Refreshing. uh shit man i think the the first first time i laid eyes on moped i was probably like 12 i saw i i still remember it it was like that um that deep green uh como sprint i believe it was we'll step through it had the uh like that pink and peel graphic on it was it the Um, fruit stripe one because oh man this this would have been like late i want to say probably like er, or uh middle to late 90s Okay. I remember just seeing one go whizzing by uh, in the neighborhood that I was kind of hanging out, and I was like, "What the hell was that?" Go, you know, went home and kind of like asked my mom about it. I was like, "What? What was that thing?" Because I was like kind of into riding bikes, and I was like, "This thing had a motor on it. This thing was way cool." She was like, "Oh, it's a mm-hmm. moped." And then <laughs> I just I got obsessed. I remember like just begging my parents every year, birthday, Christmas, whatever. Like, I'll get straight A's. You know, like please let me get a moped. So what was that, um you said you're from Maryland, not to cut you off too much, but like I always 
I'm a person who likes to get into like granular details. I know it's granular people, but know what? I'm from the fucking Midwest. We have a lot of fields here, so it is granular details. So like, what was your household like? Was your family like blue collar, like turning wrenches? Like, I always find that interesting when people who parents were like straight laced. We don't, we don't like no fixing stuff. Like, bleh. but what was your family background like? That's kind of what pretty, I'm trying to get. Pretty much just that. My dad is blue collar. He owns a um a glass business uh, to this day. And and if you've ever been to a moped rally and seen the old Adlin glass vans rolling around, uh, you would kind of understand what that's what that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was kind of like staying home until about like you know uh, mid 90s or so, and then she kind of went went to work. And now everything was chill. You know, we weren't we weren't like shitty kids um I was actually pretty mechanically inept I I really didn't have a whole lot of like uh aptitude for fixing stuff um that happened from mopeds honestly yeah yeah. no that's that's fucking rad yeah even even my my brother I mean my my mom and my oldest brother were were, uh gearheads you know they believe it or not they uh they work on kind of older cars so they had like the knowledge my dad was a, a he could fix anything you know he's a pretty mm-hmm. brilliant mind but it, that didn't really that really wasn't like a big thing in our family like you know it wasn't like hey let me show you how to work on cars and let me show you how to do these things it was kind of like we were left to our own uh, endeavors our own adventures our own ambitions i guess to, to kind of figure that out yeah yeah that's that's awesome oh uh, you said you were into bikes were you like into bmx or like mountain bike or like what what kind of bikes were you into mountain bike pretty much I, I remember having mountain bike and we had like a bunch of woods in the back of our house so we kind of mm-hmm. like cruised through there and just kind of like go through puddles and you know little hills and stuff like that so nothing nothing too crazy not not as crazy as moped hobby just you know for yeah, a teenager yeah. young kid just dabbling around yeah trying to find your own way at that point but you talked about you saw that uh green tomo sprint so, and you're begging the parents, like, so when was the first time you got on a moped or what was it? You bought one, got like, why don't you bring me through your journey? Uh, shoot. Well, I guess, um, I had moved to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania to kind of pursue the whole tattooing thing. I've been tattooing for like maybe about a year at that point. So I was, I was about 19, I guess, 19 or 20 when I got my first moped. Cause it was about a year after I'd started tattooing um, and I, I actually joined Moped Army, or at least lurked it for a good like year, year and a half before. Um, but it, it was actually through Moped Army, I was able to find my first moped, which, which I had bought in Pennsylvania, um, which was a Minarelli Sebring V1L, which was totally dope. I had no idea what the hell I had found. Um, I remember yeah. talking to BJ at Handy Bikes, like I was trying to get parts for it. And he would send me stuff and I'd be like, BJ, this, these aren't the right parts. And then it was through him that I discovered that it was a, a V1L and um, old Ed, Mo, Mo Pagan Ed, uh, he was a big help too, because he was about an hour away just trying to help me figure out and how to fix the damn thing. Yeah, but yeah. that yeah, 19 was, I think 19 was about when I first jumped on it. And, that, and I still remember that ride just kind of, dinking around the block and just coming back with this big shitty grin i mean everybody knows it everybody's experienced it yeah yeah. um minarelli sebring for an ignorant kid to the minarelli game is that a variated bike or is that a single speed no it was single speed okay the the v1l is the um the reed case inducted version of the v1l it's you know a couple little small things but those sebrings man they're comfortable (laughs) Well, the thing about it is like, it'll all be the, I'm not 
people, I am not an expert on mopeds. I have a Honda halfway figured out and that's it. Like, and the thing about like Minnesota and I'm sure with your travels, like you see the pockets of, you know, East coast, what they're, what they had a lot of and West coast, what they had a lot of like Minnesota, it is fucking like Hobbit and Pook central. And there was a huge distributor for Honda bikes in Iowa. So like, that's why you see so many fucking hobbits around here. But like, you talk about getting that um, Minarelli, like how hard was it to even find um, anything about that? Cause like, I, I know I, you know, listen to Moped Monday, Jason kind of talked to you, wrote the book about it. Like, how did you even discover chapter one to write the book? Like, that's what I'm really interested about. Uh, just all other people really. I mean, uh, it's, I, I guess, you know, this was, Mobit Army was a resource. Having having the internet kind of was a was a great resource, but that that was something that like when I got into it, I didn't really I guess utilize it as much. So it was a lot of like trial and error. It was a lot of like remembering stuff from like again BJ Mopagan Ed, uh, Matt Angelieri from uh, uh, RIP Local Heroes. You know like people like that who actually like took the time to be like, hey, let me help you try to fix your bike. And then from there, it just opened up this whole like Pandora's box of like, I want to learn to do this. I want to figure this out on my own. And it it, it led to just being absolutely obsessed with fixing bikes and figuring out. I mean, I, I remember being in, it, when I lived in, in uh, Gettysburg and my, my roommates probably thought I was crazy, you know, just like, why are you why are you spending your like every waking second like wrenching on this thing and yelling at it and kicking it over and you know just smelling like gas all the time and breaking down and doing it all over again like what's the appeal I don't, and, and then they ended up riding you know you, you start accumulating mopeds and then you get your friends riding the mopeds and then once once they rode they understood but um, Any, anybody I, in the moped game I mean, seriously, and it we're all fucking off and we're all fucking crazy. Like anything that I am passionate about in life, um, we're crazy and that's okay. Like people have their quirks and whatnot. Like, and it sounds like for yourself and for me, like I sometimes have a hard time relating to people on a social level, but a moped I can get, it's a puzzle I can figure out. And like, that's exactly what I heard from you right there. Um, you talked about moving around a little bit. Like what is your first maybe maybe it was the chicken or the egg but like what was your first time like experiencing moped culture like grew you, you said you said you had some resources you'd reach out to to fixing these bikes but like whether it be a rally or a group ride with the older experienced mopeders like what was that first experience like for you um man i, I guess the very first thing was like meeting this other dude in uh in gettysburg and we kind of started kind of palling around and, and riding mopeds he 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 had this old batavis or something and, and i was like oh i have, a, I have his batavis too and that's kind of how we like kind of connected and then he picked up he ended up buying like a brand new uh like targa i guess mm-hmm. um so we kind of like dinked around uh gettysburg for a while and then we got it in our heads like oh let's actually go to rallies um and i think the very first like official rally or like unofficial rally would have been Mopedler's uh Moped Larry's ride uh in New Jersey. Yeah. Um showing up completely like a new, completely unprepared because it's one of those like let's work on our bikes like the night before we're supposed to leave and do all the things <laughs> to get them ready for the ride and just completely blow it. 
Uh, sorry, Moped Larry, if you ever hear this, but uh, yes, he he was he was great. Meeting everybody there uh, was awesome. This was kind of like in the days of the old uh, like Moped Riders Association, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just uh, want to shout out there. to the Moped community. If anybody who lives around Moped Larry, please reach out to me at Second Chance a Moped Podcast, uh, Gmail or Instagram at Second Chance Pod. Please reach out to me. I gotta. I got a favor to ask of you, but yeah, sorry for interrupting you, but like I hear you're, you're not the first person who said like their first experience, at least on the East coast. Like I know Travis from Travis tutorial had this pretty, very similar deal, <laughs> like just showing up there for the first time, like seeing the moped community. Yeah, it was, it was cool. And it, it you know, big shout out to him and, and his family and everybody that helped put that on because, they, you know, putting on a rally where you, you were hosting all these, these idiots showing up on moped <laughs> yeah, as, as a single person is, is a daunting task, you know, and he, he just like killed it. And every year it just got bigger and bigger. And, and it's, it's stressful to say the least to, to have to kind of deal with that, you know, as, as a single, you know, person or, or even just like a handful of people, it's, it's a lot to take on. So he really, um, he did a great job there. There was, those were always a, a highlight. Um, but beyond that, I think my first official like moped army, official group rally whatever would have been uh hell satan's um i want to say that was the 2006 rally i think at that point um i think that might have been the fend for yourself i I think that was the name of it but that was that was a a very stark contrast to the uh the moped larry ride it was uh, (laughs) it went from like you know fairly organized chaos to absolute like blown out ridiculousness and uh uh pretty you know it was it was a stark contrast as far as experience because moped larry was very welcoming it was very like meeting people that you almost had an instant connect with and then like with the hell satan thing it was just so crazy that you're just like what is happening here but uh i walked away from that rally making a whole lot of a lot of friends that you know even even now still kind of like touch base with or keep in contact with so you know it's it's amazing what what those kinds of events really do to transform a person's life you know yeah i can say like it sounds like that was your how far did you have to travel for that rally uh since i was in baltimore like going to richmond's only like a like a three-hour ride yeah that's not bad at all that's awesome like, yeah and yeah. new jersey was about the same too i think new jersey was about a, a three-hour ride or so maybe maybe a, a little longer can't honestly yeah. remember I'm I'm still jealous of how you know we're close-ish in the Midwest. Like everything's five six hours, but like this is the longest five to six goddamn hours of your life. Like <laughs> Iowa people, you don't fucking understand how it takes it flat. Just goddamn okay. Anyways, I'm not gonna go into that. We're gonna go into your story. So you go that Hell Satan's rally. Um, you're. It sounds like you said you had bought in a few other bikes at this point, or are you just like what you you said this is roughly 2006 ish like um where where are you at in the hoarding moped collection have you ever been the hoarder like i personally i think last count i think i'm up to we're gonna say i'm up to five bikes like that's that's what i'm gonna say right now like there could be more but like what were you ever that person that like all of a sudden you're 12 bikes deep and how the fuck did this happen (laughs) no i can't say that i am i i kind of like you know, I dabbled with a little bit. I want to say like 2004, you know, when I got that, that Mineralia Sebring. Um, after that, it, it was within a couple of months, I started seeing more and more mopeds pop up. And I think um, 
I'm trying to remember how it went consecutively. I think that the second bike I think I bought was, was that Batavis, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I didn't know anything. I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's a clean bike. It was, it was for sale pretty locally. Um, so I, I snatched that one up and then uh, it was another how guy. How much were you paying for these bikes back then? Not to jump oh, on man. your story. Like I'm always interested in like how mopeds, like I, I give this kid, Eric, a hard time about flipping. Eric, I don't give a shit what you sell your bikes for. Um, but like, I just love to bust his balls, but like, and I think he might sell for him like 300 bucks, whatever. But like, and again, I don't fucking care, Eric. Um, but like, what were you paying for bikes back then? Oh man, I, like just a couple hundred bucks. My, my first bike was 260 bucks. That the Tavis, I think, was the most I've ever paid for a moped, and that sucker was uh, 325 dollars. Yeah, so they're That's- so mopeds haven't <laughs> changed in prices really. I mean, relative, I got I just got a Hobbit delivered to my house for 75 bucks last week. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't want it. I didn't. It's like a goddamn drug. I just, people know I like hobbits and they're like, just take it off. That's how it goes. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Like once, once the secret's out, like they, they, the mopeds start finding you either by like other people being like, Oh, you like this moped? My grandfather had this stupid dumb thing in his barn for like, you know, 50 years. You want it? Um, and, and that's how it was. It, it, it literally went from, you know, that was the most I've ever paid to date. Even mm-hmm. I, I don't think I paid more than, than $325 for a moped. It, everything consecutively had been like about 150, you know, whatever dollars. So yeah. If you um, want to get yeah. cheap mopeds, tell people you don't want to fucking buy mopeds. Like my Baker's dozen bike. Yeah. I paid a hundred bucks for that. Like, <laughs> I mean, granted it'll be by the time I'm done with it, it'll have <laughs> way too much money in parts in it but like <laughs> way too much money in parts that became boat anchors because that's yeah, yeah. that shit you know you're just constantly going through parts yep but yeah i mean that's uh that's that's how it is and pretty much all the bikes that i bought after that because I, I bought full complete bikes and then beyond that i'm like since they all started kind of accumulating as minerelli i'm like well i might as well stick with that so anything i bought after was typically like for parts, you know, I would, I would buy Minarelli engines. And then occasionally like I'd get offered, um, I think one time I bought a Tomos for like, I don't know, 60 bucks and just guy was having an issue with it. He just wanted it gone. It was like, yeah, sure. I think I still sit behind like my parent's shed rotting away. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it was stuff like that. And then people would like bring you random bikes, but I, I can't say that I like, I hoarded them because anything that wasn't necessarily like that Minarelli spectrum, I, I tried to kick out the door. Like somebody gave me a Moby once and I fucking hate French bikes. So I was like, <laughs> you know, they gave it to me. It was a rust bucket. It was like some, I guess some uh, not variated version of it. Yeah. So I get this thing out of my face because this thing is terrible. So do you I have enough? Do you have like an an attraction to a color of mopeds? No, I can't say that that I do. Okay, because like I was, I, I hit up uh, old Red Red on Instagram. Like, I'm like, so what's your deal with? I asked Michael, what's your deal with red? Is it just soothing and you like it? And he goes, yeah. Like I'm that way with yellow bikes. Like it's hard for me to turn down a yellow bike. I don't know why, but like it, I just see it and I become calm. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me, but That's um, pretty funny. yeah, dude. Like, and everybody jokes about me like, Hey Jim, there's a yellow bike. I'm like, fuck you. Um, Does that like, do you get a weird vibe? Like uh, about, you know, bananas and boats now? Like, no, no, nope. <laughs> like, like I like yellow t-shirts. It's like, 
I have the ADD like anybody, like a lot of us do, but like, you know, anybody who's maybe smoked some weed or anything like that, like that for, you get that calming feeling. Like that's what happens to me with yellow bikes. I just get this calming, like, okay, we're all right. And it's, it's not as good as smoking weed kids, but it's, it's the same type of thing. Um, I don't get it, but again, we'll get your, you're, you're kind of collecting you got to the hell satan's rally um you're you're pursuing your tattoo life at this point like what is your discipline in tattoos like is there a certain style you were doing or did or does or no uh to this day it's still pretty versatile um i can kind of i feel like i can kind of tackle most anything that's like thrown at me be it lettering or portraits or full color black and gray it doesn't really matter awesome awesome so, um yeah that's a, that's something that like you know it's kind of a um a blessing and a curse in the sense that like yeah it sounds good to be versatile but then a lot of the times because you don't have a particular style like people don't understand what they're what they're looking at you know they want to see like your tattoos all look the same and then they're like oh then they judge whether or not you're good or not but if they see like you have a portfolio that like here's a portrait and then here's this like really well done like fine line lettering it's like oh, you know flip. they're just flipping through it so it almost like doesn't register so you know but it's fun I'd, I'd still rather live that versatile life so yeah um and i think we were around 2006 2008 in your moped journey like what rallies are you hitting like you're on the east coast right now are you starting to get into any gang any moped what are the, what's the moped gang scene like around gettysburg i think you were living at last we we're talking well, i guess i would have i would have moved back to maryland uh, okay. in 2007 so after that um my like one of my best friends from like high school or just after high school we started getting into mopeds and and decided like shit let's travel to um i think we went to um kalamazoo i think that was barbecue 14 okay um and we just the barbecue we, nobody ever talks about because all i hear about is barbecue 13 <laughs> yeah right yeah that's i think that's why we're like yeah let's go to Calvary. we heard like this crazy shenanigans about um barbecue 13 uh it, it had always kind of been like i always wanted to do like the red octobers you know um so now, that, for that us new of, people what are, what's the red october i've heard it kicked around but like I've never had somebody, I I didn't know at the time to ask the question, what, what is the red Octobers? Oh, who, I don't know why I'm like drawing a blank on the, on the group that threw that. Was that, um, uh, I want to say like the bombard, the bombardment society. That's Ohio. I honestly, it's funny that I'm like, I'm totally drawing a blank. It was a group out and, uh, I guess it was Michigan further out. Is it, maybe it was Ann Arbor. Maybe it was the, I don't. Oh God, I can't even remember. I feel bad don't about that. Don't worry about it. They're all retired by now. They don't know. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I got a little mind now. You know, it's just stuff seems so long ago. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was that was just something that when I first got into mopeds and started kind of like lurking moped army hard and and learning about different rallies. That was something that always struck with me. But I never was never able to really like make it out there. Um, so you know, when Kalamazoo came up uh, to do barbecue 14 and my friend, my friend and I were like, let's do it. It's like, you know, it's 10 hour, 10 hour drive plus or minus from Baltimore. So we like, you know, loaded up mopeds and there was this, uh, this guy, Kenny, who we actually had met in, um, in Richmond at that uh, fend for yourself rally. 
uh, he was out in Ohio, so we scooped and picked him up, took him out, like, you know, just had a just had a good goofy time. And then after that, it was like, let's hit up all of the rallies. And it was mm-hmm. game on at, after that. I, I feel like between like 2008 to God, 2013, 14, I just felt like I felt like I was just going to rallies like every other weekend, you know. Yeah, there was definitely a point I was like giving big middle fingers to to work just to like go to I mean I'd go to a rally and then like the, the following weekend and be like all right go into another rally in like you know you know Richmond or going to Pennsylvania or going out you know wherever just it was it was getting pretty ridiculous for a while. <laughs> um, you, you, so you're hitting all these rallies at this point, like I know you. What was your favorite, like, had, I'm trying to word this correctly without leading you all the way to the story, like, how how did you get out to San Francisco for the Creatures Rally, and how did that whole relationship happen out there for you? Because like you said, you're a member of Creatures of the Loin, so why don't you talk about that journey into their moped gang <laughs> and whatnot? Yeah, that, that's a good, I like talking about that one, because that one always gives me the, the warm fuzzies. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so started in the rally scene pretty hard, and then uh, it was actually the Leapers that were kind of like the gateway. Um, the Leapers kind of arrived on the scene, and uh, I, you know, with tattooing, I, it, it was it was always this known thing. I'm like, well, I, I'm a tattoo artist. I can kind of go any anywhere in the world and work. So like, mm-hmm. why don't I combine this this shit, this moped and tattooing world thing, and and see what where it takes me? So when Leapers kind of like, you know, they had their uh, the flock yeah rally the first one i was like fuck it i've never been to california it's been on my bucket list i want to go out and do moped rally stuff i'll bring my tattoo gear and, and see if i can get in somewhere just you know even just if i'm tattooing moped people just to kind of like see what it's like to, to travel with work and also combine moped stuff so uh being being there the, the uh, lapers were just very accommodating to a total stranger noob from the east coast i mean they they really rolled out the red carpet for somebody that they they had no idea who you know like you know they gave me a bike they gave me housing and I, you know i'm not affiliated i'm just some yeah. like random you know, like you know that's mopeds though isn't it like that's oh, yeah but this is you know this is like early on which you know it's I don't i want to say it wasn't as big because like moped moped army and rallies and everything you know it had been going on well before I even stepped foot into it, but I don't know. It was just one of those things where like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't expect it to be that friendly for, for people who had never met before. I mean, you know, when you describe like, Oh yeah. Like I just totally opened my house up and gave the keys to like my house and car and, and, and all everything, my entire life to this complete stranger that I know through mopeds, like people look at you like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, but <laughs> we all know deep down inside, like you have the moped gene, you know, that your, your family, regardless, you know, we're, yeah. we're all crazy. Instead, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the, the laborers, they, they took it over. They, they had a great rally. I ended up uh, having a really ridiculous uh, experience of, of late night tattooing in, in the, the garage that they were, they were renting for the rally, which was completely unintentional. I, I didn't mean to like, basically like be tattooing everybody i just i brought my gear to tattoo the people that were hooking me up with like uh housing and and you know the actual members of, of the late birds and and then it ended up just being this crazy like tattoo party that you know 
and I met so many people from the from the west coast there and, and that's actually how I sort of met the preachers because they they had rented this tour bus and drove down from San Francisco and I have I have the video still of them the bus rolls up and it's just like a clown car of just like creatures pouring out of this thing because at the time you know the creatures were like 50 60 members deep you know they were they were they were the west big, coast block that was a yeah that was a big ass group so they're just pouring out of this thing and everybody's like it was like a big family reunion they're hugging people and and like there's just so much joy just like happening at that moment and i'm so grateful that i'm that i was able to kind of capture it but just like tattooing everybody from you know from there, I got to meet these guys, and uh, I think it was the following year, 2008, Creatures through the uh, the Gender Bender Rally, and I was like, fuck it, San Francisco's on my bucket list, let's, let's do this West Coast thing again, except now that I have a little bit more of, like, people know who, who I am, so I'm not that much of a rando, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of, you know, um, so I just, just hadn't, like, the same experience. I went out there, and, and everybody was just so accommodating, just every, everybody, like, there wasn't, you know they were they were just I don't know giving me giving me housing and then I got there kind of early so they were all putting rally packs together and I remember um <clears throat> I believe it was either at um either Longo's house or Heather Heather's house I can't remember where, where exactly just everybody was there putting rally packs together goofing off and, and I was like man y'all are just just one big happy family like it was I don't know just the vibe was so incredible um that I just I just had a good connection with everybody, and then uh, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna come back in the in the winter time when it's like shitty in Maryland. I'm gonna come back to San Francisco when it's probably less shitty, and just like hang <laughs> yeah. out with this group and like really get to know them. Like I feel like I wanted to get to know these these dudes and these you know everybody uh, like non rally time when it's not mm-hmm. crazy, not hectic, and the you know you just, want you it, want to get you want to see who they were not just who the rally person i get i totally yeah. get that but it, i mean like it was great because like you know usually rallies are stressful and everybody's like you know biting each other's throats and, and <laughs> things are going awry but it, it like it never really kind of like it never really evolved that way with them I mean, before the rally even after the rally everybody was still like glad it's over but we still love each other you know there's no there's no bickering there's no like you know like it it was it was just a good production Mm-hmm. and I just you know I just I got a little greedy I wanted a little piece of that I wanted to know who these people were and just like you know I wanted to know dive deeper into kind of like that aspect of like holy shit like this is the the connections the friendships are so much deeper here like let me go check this out and uh you know they they were just just super accommodating I I uh this was a time when uh 1977 Lopez still had a um, still had a shop out there and I uh mm-hmm. I prepared for my trip and I shipped out a um a built v1 that i had um i built it in maryland and shipped it out there with the intention of just slapping it on you know if they had a if somebody had a minerally frame you know i'd make it work um so i shipped this engine out and nobody's got minerally bikes out there because i didn't realize it's not really a thing yeah you know it's like you were talking about before where like certain areas only had you know this bike or that bike and out there it was a lot of like Peugeot, moby that sort of thing a couple of hobbits yeah. um so thankfully 77 was out there and you know they had bike parts and and mm-hmm. you know Dan had all sorts of stuff out there so he was you know grateful like I, just let me build a bike basically just go in there and, and pay for parts or just help put in some labor you know just let me goof off in there and I, I 
built a, uh, he had a Yankee peddler frame. <laughs> and I just remember picking like wheels out of the wheel bin. Oh yeah, these will work. Uh, use some cables or clack it together. And uh, that bike is still out there and it's still with that original engine. That's so fucking rad. And that's it, like, not to talk about me, but I'm going to talk about me for a second. Like that, what you just kind of talked about how welcoming and how friendly and how that's exactly how I felt um, Richmond. It was my first time going there with um, Thomas and Ashley and Jason oh, yeah. and, there's reason why pe- moped people are moving to Richmond is because of oh, that yeah. click right there. Like Maddie and Chelsea just moved there. I mean, love Maddie and Chelsea from the graveyard chapters. Like, and I think that I don't, and I'm not trying to say like Richmond's the capital of mopeds by any means. I mean, every scene has their thing going on, but like, that's, I mean, just to relate to you at that, at this moment in time, like that's what's going on in Richmond, I feel. No, Richmond definitely has its own, like, magic, for sure. Uh, and it's funny, like, all of the times that I had been down there for various different rallies between, like, Hell State and, you know, Rebels and uh, Black Black East and stuff like that, it's always been kind of the same vibe regardless of who's throwing it. Like, it's always fun. It's always ridiculous. It's never, like, you know, it's 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 this, it's this weird chaos. And, and Richmond is one of those cities where you can get lost and be completely found so yep. quickly. You know, like I, I definitely remember riding around, like, where the hell are we? And then you look over, you're like, oh, there's Broad or there's Barely here. I know where I am. Let's get, you know, get here or there. There's the fan. There's, you know, so it, I don't know, just there is a certain kind of magic around Richmond. So the people, mm-hmm. obviously, who are involved in mopeds there, I mean, they're, they're just, they're going to crush it because they just have that there already. And, and they're all spectacular people, too. So they, yeah. it just emphasizes it, you know, just, and I'll give Jason yeah. this prop. He is, the calming effect to that whole group because like it's hard to get that guy like uh, on tilt like every once in a while you hear him like get a little frustrated on his podcast but like to hear jason get on i've never i don't think i'd ever want to see it but like yeah dude he's one of the most positive people in mopeds i will say that about him like yeah that uh you know one of the most uh just being you know i i guess he's still straight edge i'm still you know i haven't i haven't seen a guy in a minute but like it's always fun going to rallies with him and just being like seeing him just party just as hard as everybody else who's just taking every drug under the sun or is just like completely <laughs> like wasted. Like that dude has way more fun just like naturally, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always a good time, you know. That everybody, like I said, they they all have good hearts and they're just they're just fun to be around, you know. Yeah. You know. Speaking of so, which, um, are you gonna make moped spring break? Hmm. Jason's gonna I mean, be there. I'm I'm going there. I'm uh, flying in for I'm flying in for it. Like it went, what date? What are the dates of that? That's for, April ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Shit, no. I just uh, I have a family thing I gotta I gotta go to. So I actually did just book flight on the tenth to go back up to Baltimore. But uh, I apologize for that. A, we're doing a family thing for the rest of the week, so I'm gonna be uh, occupied. No, I get it. That. I get it. No worries. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're out, you got out to San Francisco, you're tattooing out there. Uh, you're, you're hanging out at 77, that whole scene. And that is a magic time in mopeds just from doing this <laughs> podcast and like listening to other people who are around that, um, talking to Maitland and a few other of the characters, um, in that whole scene, like that seems to be a very magic, magical time in mopeds. Like, um, what, how, 
how was San Francisco? How long were you out in San Francisco? And like, why, why don't you just take us through your journey in there? And how did you become a creature? Well, going back to that, I, this was, um, I want to say February of 2009. Um, I was there until about like early April, I believe. Like I said, I, I was like, fuck Maryland winters. I'm out of here. I need, I need to get the hell out of here. Cause like when you're into mopeds and you're just counting down the days and you're going crazy to the ne- the next nice day. And, yep. you know, so I, I, I snowboarded it to the West coast and, uh, so yeah, out there, like cobbled a bike together, uh, was able to do keep up with the rides. I mean, if you've, if anybody, if you've ever been to creature rally, you know that they're absolutely batshit crazy with the, they're like their rides. So, you know, it's, it's keep up, get left behind, but you know, it's, it's bonkers. So yeah, I was able to kind of like keep up and, uh, you know, with tattooing, I ended up, uh, tattooing a bunch of like creatures on the creatures. Um, <laughs> and there was a joke, uh, I think it was with, with Mike Boyd and a few other people where, you know, it was like, they, they kind of mentioned about making me a creature, honorary creature. And I, I kind of like, you know, ah, uh, yeah, whatever. And I was like, I'll tell you why you guys make me a creature. I guess that means that you guys get to tattoo me. Ah. And, uh, so I guess it, it got decided just because it was like, here's this like rando from the East coast, building an engine, sending it out, then completely building a bike from all these random parts, making it work blasting with the best and uh you know just just living life and they're like all right that's here's the creature stamp you know <laughs> and uh and i was true to my word I, I forced everybody that i tattooed to sit down and, and uh they they all took turns filling that boy bad boy in so nice then that's that's the rest of history after that i started going out there um in the same same situation for the winter i think i continued that tradition for another like year or two um threatened to move out there multiple different times um <laughs> you know so but it was just fun they eventually like kind of bumped me to scout because I was still like hitting rally scenes pretty hard and, and was able to kind of like meet new people that maybe some of the west coasters like the ones that didn't make east coast rallies or you know mid coast rallies or whatever um you know I was able to kind of be like a little bit of a, a reconnaissance um so that was kind of cool being a part of that um and then uh that went on for a while and and i moved down here to new orleans about 2016 and and i have to admit that my uh my mopeding has kind of slowed down a little bit well let me let me ask you this like a how come you never moved to san francisco and what made you decide um new orleans like san francisco like is beautiful i've been out there once or twice it's crazy expensive to live out there like that's kind of my understanding i've never investigated but how come you never made that jump i i think that i think it was expensive and i'm i'm kind of like a frugal person you know I, I, spending that much money on rent always kind of like scared me um mm-hmm. being close to my family too uh my my nephew was was born and that was kind of like the first first child that like one of my brothers had so i felt the need to kind of like stick stick by my family um I don't know. I, I just, there was always something that, that kind of like tugged me back every time I wanted to make the leap. Uh, even here in New Orleans, I was, I was like a week or two away. I, I got so fed up with New Orleans. I did not have a good time the first year, year and a half that I was here. And I was threatening to, to leave. And, you how know, come, I was about you, how come New Orleans though? Like what was the decision to move to New Orleans? Just, 
the weather really i mean i i already knew like mono i knew you know like made friends with all those all those dudes um and i was like fuck it you know New Orleans did you go to a mono rally and never leave because i heard no, that was an no. issue. Well, i heard that was an issue for a while like mono made the rule you have to leave you can't no, you have well, to leave you can't stay here does it count though if you like showed up pretty early before the rally and then maybe left? <laughs> no, I, it was it was funny because I remember you know like at least this is this is what's in my memory and I, I don't know if other people remember it but you know when I finally like became a creature I remember seeing in the members forum they were talking about like um, Mono had I guess applied to be official and everybody's like who the fuck are these guys and only a few people like kind of like were vouching for them. nobody really knew much about them um, and then they also like we're advertising having this rally. Um, and I just remember everybody or a bunch of people in the, the members forum just being like, let's all go there and blow their shit up, dude. Let's like show up in like full force and just like fuck that place up, you know, get these guys, these guys want to be official. Let's show them what, what it's like to just like show up en masse and like, you know, and uh, what they little did they know that just New Orleans and, and the mono crew just like fuck them basically you know like nobody <laughs> could hang like it was it was just i just remember people being so miserable because of just how crazy it, it is down here as far as like the bars don't really close and mm-hmm. you know it's swampy it was you know it's i think their rallies were in like december so the weather's like super nice um yeah. but it was a good time everybody like everybody came down here like some of the members i remember just everybody came down here to kind of like fuck this place up and then it, they ended up getting fucked and it, it was great it was like a it was a good experience, I think. And everybody's like, yeah, if I can just, you know, they want to apply and vote them in, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, but going back to like why New Orleans over San Francisco, I, I think, I think just the sense of adventure. I think the, the sense that like San Francisco is beautiful. It has, it has a lot going on. Um, and I knew, you know, more people, I had more job availability, availability, I guess. I really don't know why why New Orleans. I, I think just because I thought it was going to be like even better weather, you know. Like, it's all relative. No matter where you go, I think you're going to experience something. I mean, there's unless you live in San Diego, where it's 80 degrees all year long. But like, I also feel like maybe it was like closer too. So it's like a you know I'm far enough away, but I'm still relatively like you know a day or two drive from my family as opposed yeah. to like having completely across country um i think just the sense of like the unknown like i really didn't know what it was like to live in the south and i'm like you know what fuck it like let's go let's go see what this is about and i kind of expected to just kind of do the same thing that i did with san francisco come down here for a couple months a couple weeks whatever and, and hang out and get the vibe and then i, I just got trapped down here you know <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of the like i said not in a good way like i you know i got trapped i didn't really have a job I was struggling bad. So, oh. you know, it, it went from that to, you know, it goes back to when I said, uh, you know, I was a week or two away from moving from New Orleans to San Francisco being like, I should have done this initially. And then the universe was like, hold up, hold up, you know, sorry for all the bullshit I gave you in New Orleans. Here's like, I'm going to straighten this out. And the, the universe kind of straightened me out, straightened out my situation. And, and I've uh, kind of fallen in love. So Hey, fucking rock and roll. Like, 
Yeah. I, I don't um, wish that upon anybody, but you know, if that makes you, no, I'm fucking with you. Uh, no, that's, uh, I'm fucking, anybody can find somebody in this world, in this madness that we have, even, even if it's for a moment in time, fucking rock rad. Um, yeah. No, no, sir, really happy. Um, I want to talk to you about Baker's Dozen. How did you get involved? How many, hey, did you do pinballs or did you do Baker's Dozen? Or like, what's your evolution in that endurance riding? Uh, did all of the pinballs one through three? Um, how want to take one? I'm fascinated as fuck with the pinballs. Like, how was the first pinball? Like, because that's oh it's God. I remember watching, like, I was a real world dork because my sisters were so, like, that was the only thing on. And I remember watching, like, the recap of like the first season, like, nobody knew what it was, like, we were the first. So, like, now people know how to prepare or have an idea how to prepare, but that first crew were like the ones that were the true Mavericks. Like, fuck it. We're going to take mopeds and we're going to see what the fuck happens. Like that is what it'll, they'll never be a first crew. So explain how that was for me. Uh, I don't shit. I, I'm trying to think even where to begin. Cause Rob, Rob Burrito had been talking about this for a long time. Cause mm-hmm. route one is, you know, it's a road that theoretically goes from, you know, the top of the United States, top Northeast, all the way down to Key West and ends in Key West. So his initial yeah. plan was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? We could ride Route 1 all the way, you know, it's the U.S. highway. It shouldn't be too terrible. He had been kind of talking about it for a while. And then uh, he kind of put the put the gears in motion and uh, or wheels in motion and, and managed to get a bunch of suckers to do it. Um, <laughs> I didn't build a bike for that one. I was... Um, I think it was uh, Sean, the kitsch from Black Black. He was kind of talking about, you know, doing it and, and getting a little crew. And I, I don't remember exactly the conversation, but I guess I volunteered myself and be like, oh, fuck it. I'll be a mechanic. I'll be Chase and whatever. Um, so that's kind of how I got on board with that. And uh, it was fun. It was it was cool, like, just watching everybody suffer, <laughs> so to speak. Because it, it was, it was bonkers. It was one of those things where initially, like I said, they were, the, the original plan was to go down Route 1. And then at the start, uh, the rules changed. It was like, you can figure out your own way. Good luck, you know, which was, it was funny because it's just like that was the, the precursor. That was like, you know, like, oh, shit, here, this is the chaos. Here, here it comes. This, this is not a, as thought out as we thought. This is like. Is that here, where here like the happy moment goes to like the horror story in the movie? Like all of a sudden the music <laughs> changed and like, whoa. <laughs> so, I, mean, I think I, in a way it was kind of good because uh, I, maybe it was because we realized that, and I don't know if they realized it before or if they realized it once they got through, I believe it was Boston, but route one merges onto interstate 95. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really. I don't <laughs> Yeah, that was, I, don't, like, I don't. I don't know if they actually realized that, like at the, you know, right before the start of the race, and that's why the, the rules changed, or if it was something that, like, they figured it out. You know, I, I think a few teams figured it out uh, by trial and error, so to speak. But um, no, it was fine. It was a, it was a very like short set of rules. Like here's here's what qualifies as a moped. Blah blah blah. Um, and I believe that one was like eight days. Uh, I'm looking at the, it's funny because I'm actually looking at the, um, these little woodblock prints that uh, 
Matt Cornhill had uh, had made at some point. So uh, what are we here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight days. That's insane. Of just absolute terrible, awful moped riding. Fucking <laughs> rad as shit. Um, yeah, it was, I, I remember what, at the what, end. What's your it, highlight and low light from Pinball One? Because I'm going to take your, we're going to be here a while because I'm going to take you through all this shit. Because like that, I honestly, people, if you want to, if you want to understand why my fascination is with this, go on YouTube, go to Travis tutorial, watch his pinball three video. Like <laughs> it's so, and Travis, I say this with love because like I have a shitty podcast. It is so moped campy and it's so awesome and it's so beautiful. And like, I love that fucking video and that's what got me in love with pinball, but I'm, yeah, like walk me through your highlights and lowlights of pinball one. Oh man, uh, it everything got real mushed together after probably after about Wilmington to Savannah. So we'd you know we'd been cruising for a couple of days, um, and it was just you know the, the whole East Coast is like super pretty and, and lots of wacky stuff happened. But I think right after like Wilmington into like savannah and into florida is where like like the real fun breakdown started happening um and i want to say the highlight was actually like once we once the race ended i just remember everybody being so whooped like nobody even really felt like celebrating that hard like everybody <laughs> just wanted to chill at the hotel and it wasn't until like a day or two later that we had like a beach day and like we all went out as a group and, and kind of celebrated like surviving this bullshit um and we were out like my my personal favorite highlight was being out like scuba diving swimming in the keys and and catching rock lobsters with everybody and and dodging uh like barracuda and stuff like that and just hanging out on the beach um finally being able to celebrate with every finally everybody's like rested enough to, to actually enjoy and yeah. appreciate what they had just put themselves through right, um, right so that that was the best part but you know beyond that it was just what was the point that you wanted to stab yeah. a motherfucker then i you know i'd say that like the worst of it is probably like maybe between daytona and, and uh, miami beach um I never really wanted to stab anybody. I was I was still having fun because again I was just driving chase, like trying to okay. catch up with all the people that I was chasing. Um, but I mean, it it definitely started to wear on me, like right around those dates. So you know, six days in, seven days in, where you're just smelly and hot and <laughs> miserable, and bikes are breaking down left and right. Like my, my uh, van ended up breaking down. So it was just like one of those like, ah, oh, fuck, dude, why, why did I sign up for this? You know, what, what is the goal? But then it's, it's a sensation and it, it, at the end of it, you're, you know, the feeling when you go to a rally and you like meet people and you have a really good time, you're like, man, that was so cool. That's, that's like my extended family. That's sort of what this was. It, it mm -hmm. was, it was just such a, small intimate event it was just a rolling moped rally that almost like never ended um so the vibe that carried along with it there wasn't too much like you know people wanting to like kill each other at least okay maybe maybe i didn't get to see the other teams what the other teams were going through i was kind of having my own experience but like even even when there were like times of, of distress i feel like at the end of the day 
people were still like, oh man, how, you know, are you okay? Did you have a, you know, what happened out there? You know, like everybody still like gives a shit. It, it's competitive, but then at, at the end of it, everybody's like, we all just went through that absolute fucking crazy bullshit together. And like, that's, that's something that like, you, you can't really explain or share to other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Only the people that were like yeah. privy to that experience will, will ever really know. And that that's pretty much what every pinball after that and Baker's dozen, whatever, you know, um, it all had kind of like that same, that same vibe. And that's, that's the only reason to keep subjecting yourself to that over and over again, you know? So let's talk about pinball too, Minneapolis to Louisiana. Like how was that experience? How was Minneapolis for you? Like, do you, I just remember uh, getting there that the night before the race, it, it rained fucking like donkey dicks. Uh, I know everybody was pretty soaked and it was kind of a, a very strange beginning. Um, but, you know. I, Were you riding was, on this one then? Did you? Yeah, okay. I, I built the bike, uh, you know, and, and participated. Um, it was Maitland, Brown, um, my friend Ben, who I spoke about earlier and myself um, kind of formed, formed this team. Um, Maitland and I kind of like went back and forth and like talked about parts and, and, you know, I kind of had all the stuff at my house. So I built a bike and, and he threw me parts and we, you know, we, we interacted that way. And, and he was you able build? to kind of build it. It was a V1, baby. Come on. Was, <laughs> well, I just want to make sure, you know, some people be like, I'm this pook master. What'd you take? I took a hobbit, <laughs> like that no. type of shit. Like, <laughs> No, it, it works out because, you know, like uh, Maitland, Maitland's a V1 head too. So, you know, Vinarelli head too. So he was like pretty, pretty keen on the idea. Um, it was fun to like, like want to take a bike that was, uh, that was single speed. Mm-hmm. And we figured it would do well since it's mostly flat, you know, there, there were a couple hills, but we figured that there would be, it would be a relatively okay thing to do. You didn't need like a full variated bar- bike for it. Um but it was fun. I, I we really didn't have too many issues. I know that the <laughs> I did that that stupid thing that I did when I was a new where like built the bike and didn't exactly start it until Chicago. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, that's cool. But I was you know at, at that time I was just wrenching consistently. So I like I was pretty confident in my abilities to to just make it work. And we really didn't have too many issues. I think the I think that one lasted five days. I think day three or four. The worst thing that happened was one blown piston ring, um, one blown set of points, and I think uh, on the last day we had we had a little tire issue, so we went through a couple tubes. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it really it really wasn't. Um, it was probably the easiest of all of them. So let's talk about Gold Rush. Like I, I fucking that's the one I fell in love with, especially like Rob Burrito's fucking limo. Like I don't know if you yeah. heard. I if you ever ch- go through this, I never go. Everybody, go back and listen to uh, the couple episodes I did with Rob Burrito. Like those are, again, moments in time that are just amazing to me. <laughs> oh man, Gold Gold Rush is a kind of a heartbreak for me. I had I had a lot of uh, high intentions and uh, good intentions with that one, and that was just that was kind of like a doom from the start. I I, I think I uh, I got a little bit. Um, I used the same bike as uh, Pinball 2 and just modified it and, and used a V1L engine. Thinking, all right, we did well with the V1. Like, let's try this V1L. What's and, the difference for the non-Minarelli people between the V1 and the V1L? 
V1 being port inducted on the cylinder and then the um, V1L being um, case inducted read. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I always enjoy a V1L. I, I feel like there's a, there's a slight variation, a slight difference uh, in the V1L and performance or V1 performance. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's see what a V1L can do. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I just overthink a lot of things, you know, which sometimes happens when you're like, you're like, I gotta build this crazy thing. I gotta build it bigger, better, faster, you know, harder, longer, whatever than last year. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's basically what happened. I was like, ah, I'm gonna, this is gonna be so sick. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And I'm sure I just kind of like stuck to, to the basics, you know, just got a little too interested in, in uh, branching out, you know, yeah, which, you know, it happened. So it was, uh, there were some troubles um, from the get-go, which I, I kind of take full responsibility because I was the one that, that put the bike together and everything. And um, we ended up DNSing about 100 miles outside of San Francisco in, in the middle of like nowhere. Um, we just kept, we just kept smearing pistons and, and like all the way around. I mean, it was, it was, it was a weird situation for sure. And, and one that still kind of haunts me. So, um, but you know, it was, it was fun at the end of it. We ended up like dropping down into Mexico for a day. So like there were like good highlights on it, you know, yeah, it was yeah. still fun to participate. It was beautiful. Oh my God. I, I still, I still have dreams about riding like the one and, and all of the redwoods. These I want to go through. I've got to go through the force of Endor yeah. on a moped. Like that's because, oh. yeah, dude, fucking a. Like I've got to do yeah. that. Like that is a have to in moped life. It's a have to. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's scary out there because there's not a lot of cell reception. You know, like it. You know, it's it's pretty remote in some mm-hmm. areas. That became kind of a challenge too in itself. Just if you broke down or you needed help, you know, you were kind of on your own. If you didn't have the tool strapped to you, you didn't know what, where you were like, good luck. And that, that became kind of like not a fun experience. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, like I said, it, it, it's, I'm about the ride, you know, I don't, I don't care how I'm really like getting there, but it just the scenery was so epic, really incredible. Yep. Um, so that was still fun. Even, even if it was kind of like doomed from the get. <laughs> so how was uh the first of baker's dozen then like i saw the object guys they put out a video for that i think it i if i was a prepared podcaster i'd tell everybody links i might even throw some links on your episode just so people can kind of see that a little I, bit but like i'm probably not the person to ask because i actually uh skipped out on the the first uh baker's dozen um my cat's in the background so yeah i love cats out. like no <laughs> worries <laughs> i saw um, tail i'm like oh kitty <laughs> yeah she uh she, she wants to say up what's up to everybody but uh, uh yeah i didn't i didn't actually do the 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 first one um but since it was a two-part yep um i basically got to live kind of vicariously through my friends like i said it was around the time i was still kind of struggling here in new orleans but it was nice because everybody did kind of they did come through New Orleans, so it was mm-hmm. it was cool to see everybody kind of run ragged and to kind of hear the experiences, of, you know, what everybody was going through. And um, uh, we did drive out. Uh, I followed them out to um, Austin. Okay. So it was, fun to, it was fun to like you know people pass through New Orleans and then I you know uh, spent a day or two you know following them out to to Beaumont and then to Austin and then hanging out with everybody before coming back to New Orleans. So that was cool getting a little taste of it, but 
I didn't have any, um, I didn't really have anything to do with the, the second one just because. Yeah, you know, life. I didn't have, shit I didn't happens. Like, yeah, it was just like, uh, I'm going to sit this one out. I, I feel like I, I don't want to uh, get in on the part two if I didn't do the part one, you know? Okay. Um, but it was, it was still fun to, to watch everybody just have a good time. And I, I still, you know, when I talk to my friends and they still talk about like how ridiculous that second part was going through the desert and everybody almost like freezing to death and all the shenanigans <laughs> dealt with desert riding. It's like um, they never watched the movie Spaceballs. It gets cold in the desert at night, people. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something that you might not, you don't realize how cold it gets. You hear about, yeah, it gets cold, but when you're like, you know, 100 degrees and then you're like, oh, this is, this sucks, this is hot, and then the sun goes down, you're like, oh, this is real nice. And then by like middle of the night, it's 22 degrees. You're like, oh, fuck, what have I done? You know, yeah. it's not something you really like think about, you know, when you're, but I mean, it's, not saying that nobody like planned for it but yeah just there was a story about about it being kind of chilly and, and was crazy. there a lot of cuddling going on that they swore I never to talk about i think there was some cuddling just to, for survival you know hey our pleasure <laughs> whatever nobody's judging here people nobody's hey, judging know, on a rolling moped rally like that i mean it's it is kind of like it's yeah there's you're hey. you're doing everything and and but it's intimate, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Hey, I'm, together, nobody's judge. <laughs> so yeah, you said you missed the first, uh, first and second. Did you? When did you pick back up on? Or when did? When was your first uh, Baker's dozen? Uh, last year. Um, the is that the one from Detroit to Boston? Yeah. How was that yeah. experience for you? Um, that was that was equally. It was similar to the pinball three, where just it was kind of like a lot of stuff um before the race even started kind of started accumulating as, as bad omens um and i got it in my head that i wanted to try to do it by myself um without a team oh, okay um which i still i still eventually want to try again uh i just want to be a lot more prepared for it um talk to me I tried to talk to me after the podcast i i've got a, maybe an opportunity for yeah but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was it was kind of bonkers because again like you know with with everything that had happened in, in new orleans it, i didn't really have a car you know i was like i was making a, having a lot of battles and then cobbling this this bike together and and attempting the the v1l thing again because i i feel like i needed to vindicate myself after mm -hmm. pinball three failure um so like things things were seeming pretty good um but then it was just like like i said it, it started to get closer to the race and the I, I got I got this grand idea that I wanted to I always wanted to build a custom frame because the you know using the previous pinball bike frame I felt the frame was heavy it was like oh, I'm gonna try this thing I'll try to cut some weight uh, make kind of a, a little sleek thing have have a bare frame that I can weld onto and just add things that I need instead of having all this junk from a you know a, a pre-manufactured frame um but the, the frame situation started to get hairy close. I mean, I, I didn't even get the frame in my hands until probably like middle of May. And I think the race started July, like the second week of July. So I literally had like a month, month and a half to basically build a bike for this, this race and working full time and, and doing all the things I needed to do there. It just, it started to get real. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> That's kind of the situation I'm getting into right now. Like I've had a bike on the stand and then like, I, um, 
I, I chase my tail a lot because I get an idea how I want to do something, decide it fucking sucks and then start all over. And then, yeah, don't, I, I yeah, don't. <laughs> when you're meticulous, it kind of works against you sometimes. Cause you're like, no, I gotta, I gotta perfect this. It's gotta be like, just right. So, you know, it's, I, I spent a lot of time kind of, you know, chasing my own tail, trying to, trying to make things work and yeah. trying to make it as simple as I can, but as elegant as I can. And as, you know, you know, just, just trying to make it work. And it's like, you probably don't have the voice in the back of your head back to Merlin from beginning of the podcast. who was like a dad to me after my dad passed. All I hear is looks like a fucking third grader did it, Jim. So like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was happy with the way things were coming out. I was just, I questioned that, that I have like a little like MIG welder here. I just do like trying to weld stuff together and it my my welder started acting up so i was like trying to build this bike out and then i'm like oh, now i gotta worry about whether or not my welds are even that good which they weren't because i ended up having a weld break on me like right at the start of the race or right before the start of the race so you can you can talk to uh to ben and Nelly from the um from Detroit uh they'll tell you some stories uh Thomas and Ashley they they arrived at the beginning of the race the day before the race and and I think the people who saw me uh that night before the race probably saw me in a totally different uh form than they're used to I was absolutely completely worn out and frazzled to the very last drop of my essence I mean I I was pretty much over this race before it had even started I just ran into so many issues like with the bike getting the bike there and and tuning and you know I had this thing so like perfectly worked out in New Orleans and then of course you get it to the start of the race and it's like oh I have no lights oh my battery like won't charge anymore oh my you know my well just broke oh my bike won't start now like it was just like how can this these many problems happen in just like a short amount of time you know Mm -hmm. So it, definitely there were some, some tears shed and some um, tapestries of, of expletives being, uh, being thrown around, but it was still, it was still fun. I, I definitely give a shout out to, to everybody that kind of helped me uh, make that, that fun. Cause it, it absolutely wasn't for like the first couple of days. And then, um, you know, everybody that participated, participated in that race really helped me out, especially being alone, you know, people, uh, Kelly Coombe and uh, and Lucy and Christina, Chad Burke, um, you know, Sammy, even to, to some degree, you know, it's everybody mm-hmm. there was just so helpful and, and wonderful and, and trying to help me stay in the race, even though I, I ended up just, you know, having to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh. But that's what makes it fun. You know, it's, there's no shame in it. Like, you know, like I can. Small pets. Yeah, I know. love the fight. I love the fight about mopeds. It's like anybody can get a fucking YZ125 and fucking mm-hmm. ride a dirt bike. Anybody can do it. I mean, yep. that's a, that's the thing I give. And you know what? I don't care what you ride. I give a lot of people. I bust a lot of people's balls for like shifty fifties and stuff like that, dude. If that makes you happy, awesome. Like <laughs> I, I rock and roll. Like I fucking love mopeds because they break, and then I yeah. get to solve the puzzle. That that's that I think that's the allure, you know, over over and over again. And this is isn't that the definition of insanity, you know? It's mm-hmm. just something stupid. And it, it is. It, it's it's just a constant chase to make it run, make it run better, make it run fast, make it run forever, you know. Oh, it breaks, start all over again, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, yeah, it's just it's 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 fun and that's in the end. Detroit one seemed really interesting, but like 
I was so ignorant to mopeds that I didn't even know what was going. I didn't know what was going on. Like I honestly didn't know. I think I heard something about it, but like, as you know, I always feel weird because I tell people like a little bit like my, I, I sprinkle in some of my experience, but like, I swear to God, I repeat the same four things. I remember a few people after a ride one night talking about the buzzards uh, and their remote start and Charlie getting to meet Charlie. And he kind of explained that to me, but like, that was my first time ever hearing about the bakers. And then I found out they did Detroit to New York. That would be a fucking rad ride. I mean, any of them are really rad. And like, I don't know if it was on mic or off mic, how you talked about like, you made this weird bond with everybody. And I mean, how's, how's that been for you in COVID? Like, I mean, I know you had such, like you said, you had such a struggle with the last couple, but like, have you been able to keep up with Maitland or Jenny Ray or anybody, any other Joe Pegg? Yeah. I mean, uh, Maitland and and Jenny Ray, for sure. I checked in with Jenny Ray. Uh, She actually called Sammy a little bit ago. So I was able to kind of chit chat with her briefly. Um, Maitland, I bothered a couple times just with various uh, electrical questions and things like that, non non moped related uh, and some moped related, I guess. Um, so yeah, just kind of keeping up with those with those guys, but not really talking too much about what's coming up or anything. Yeah, um, I don't want to expose. I'm not going to expose a business. Uh, I'm not going to do behind the fourth wall here. Um, what's your okay everybody i got a confession to make you know i'm always honest with the audience um we we do take breaks during this podcast like if somebody needs coffee i.e me hold on kids it is a new day here i forgot to fucking we had to take a break yesterday and um i went and got a coffee and angel had to go I think Angel was good and secure, but like, I just needed more coffee and I had to take a little bathroom break. I forgot to hit fucking record. So like we hit, we talked for another like 20 minutes and will we get that magic back? Probably not. But if Angel can carry me through the rest of this podcast, we'll get you guys another 20 minutes or so. Cause I was just like, I went to edit and it should have been, it's 8 PM in Minnesota time as we speak and the podcast should be up, but then, you know, life happens and it's mopeds like it always figures itself out so that's the honest truth of everybody so we're just going to kind of catch up on the last you know year of angels let year or so of angels life and gonna hear me bitch about some shit i got going on with a build right now because i fucking i feel felt like kramer and like jerry talking about couples like with my moped in the garage today. Oh, now we got to take off the forks to make the gas tank pink because we, I was fucking just going crazy. But I apologize, Angel. We're going to get to your story now. Um, what is your, what was your 2020 plans before fucking Rona shut everything down? Were you going to do the bakers or what rallies had you had planned to do? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely wanted to do bakers. Uh, I'd already kind of gone back into my bike a little bit and started. Uh, reinventing a few things that I wanted to fix on it or, or change about it. So I was, I was a good couple of weeks, maybe doing that. Um, you know, not too much because, you know, as we talked about before, I was still recovering from the, the hand surgery and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like, I no, I, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about your hand surgeries. Cause that's why I wanted to pause because I always try to keep 
I allow people to talk whatever they want to talk about, but you know, and I always feel in my personal life, I always, always, always overstep boundaries. But for some reason on this podcast, I try to keep people's what they want to keep private, private. And that's why don't you talk about your surgeries you've had to have over the past year? Cause this could be repeat or not. We're just going to go with it. Yeah, it's chill. Uh, I, I forgot where we had left off anyway, but yeah, that was a, that was a surgery thing that happened uh, February of last year for like the third time in my life. Um, and it got to a point where, you know, even working on my motorcycle, there was, there was a point before surgery where I, I was trying to change out like a skater. Um, I just, I couldn't, I had no pinch grasp, couldn't hold the tools. So oh. um, it definitely put a, put, put the kibosh on any like wrenching fun. Um, and then of course had the surgery uh, right about the time where I was kind of scheduled to go back to work or start PT really um, everything shut down. So PT got delayed for like a month, a month and a half. <clears throat> so things were kind of like slow moving for a while. So I really didn't have a lot of um, moped focus, but as some of the people who like maybe follow me on the personal level, uh, you know, I got into the whole like possum rescue thing too. So yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of like occupying a lot of my time last year as well uh, during the shutdown. Well, you know, it's good. You found yourself to uh, something to occupy your time during shutdown. A lot of people struggle with that. I, you know, you, we had to even push this back a little later because you needed to eat. And I realized how mad I was not mad, just annoyed. I was, I'm like, fuck, I need food. And I heard just two people, two high school kids just talking like, it feels so weird. It feels like I have no friends right now. And like, it's, it's a weird existence right now. And I think that's some of the reason why like people are fucking doing moped shit. They're just like, I cannot do another year like that. And some people may approve. Some people may disapprove, but like, it kind of is what it is at this point. I think like we need to be safe. And I know moped spring break, uh, my God, I'm forgetting her fucking name, Rebecca. Becca, I had her as a guest. I'm an asshole. I know she's going with ultra precautions with everybody. Um, just talking with her. There's already like 40 people registered with a month to go. So who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But again, I'm taking away from you, Angel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I can understand. Uh, it's sort of what we talked about before uh, or, or very early on in the podcast yesterday um, about how like winter affecting your like mental state um it builds and and the the itch to ride the itch to get back on and when the next rally is and that's sort of i guess maybe where some people are with with the whole COVID thing where initially you know it was it was kind of freak out mode and then toward like the middle tail end of it people were starting to like kind of get back into into moped stuff because before it was like why bother you you don't know how long this stuff is going to last you don't know when the next rally is. There was almost though, like for some, and it, it, maybe even myself too, I almost had like little motivation in that sense because it was like, well, there's, why do I want to build this bike when who knows when the next time I'll actually be able to ride it in a rally or you know, take it somewhere to, you know, I don't know if, if everybody shared that. I'm sure there's a, there's a few people that maybe kind of felt that way too, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know that the COVID thing, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like a solitary creature anyway. So that stuff, you know, I didn't really get too affected by it. Um, I'm also in a very fortunate situation where um, I kind of pretty much live by myself, say for John and Michelle live behind me, uh, Moped, Mono, John and Michelle. So like we kind of formed a little like compound alliance. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
speaks there too. So really like it's kind of like one household of moped people, but in two different houses. So it's, you know, COVID and I I see this like, you know, lightly and and I don't know. I guess I had a good time with it, but I know, you know, for the half a million people, you know, who yeah. are who didn't find it, you know, that's it's it's hard for me to say, yeah, I had a good time during COVID, you know, like easy time when I know so many of my friends struggled mentally, financially, mm -hmm. and lost loved ones, lost friends. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, it's, that is, that is my take on it, but I, I understand that there are many different facets and many different experiences from the people um, who've had to relive this this year, you know, live through yeah. this year. I, echo your sentiments everything on it like and i am stuck in a point myself where like um after my accident i'm kind of all about living life and getting out and like i was probably very reckless and um very arrogant and very lucky that i did not catch anything um yeah and that's all i can say about that without being disrespectful to anybody in that aspect. Um, so what's your, you said you, you kind of had your little compound. You didn't, unfortunately with the surgery and life and whatnot, you couldn't write a lot. What's your 2021 plans shaping up to be? Um, man, I, well, I mean, I, I kind of told you behind the scenes yesterday, what was, what was happening. Yeah. 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 Like, there. So, I mean, I got, I got that kind of focusing on, um, so you're not going to, yeah. it doesn't sound like you're going to do bakers then. I mean, in, in, your, in your traditional style. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I mean, the, the bike is like there, it doesn't really need a whole lot other than just the, the stuff that I was working on before everything shut, you know, everything shut down. Mm -hmm. um, so I put, could potentially just go back into it and start there. It's not that I have to build a bike completely from scratch again you mean um, like me where i don't even i fucking christ like yeah sorry sorry people i'm just really amped up because i realized like i can't start anything <sighs> sorry continue i'm annoyed but... oh, no, I, when you, I, you said you were building a, a bike today or you were working on it today i was like uh oh yeah <laughs> some, yeah. some amperage there on the on moped stuff so I, I kind of expected there to be like little little uh uh i guess interjections of, of what's going on over there <laughs> oh yeah well i plan on going to ebr hydros but i'm putting a c uh cb 71 cb 750 tank on it a five galloner but Excellent. it's tight on the steering so like mm -hmm. i need to put those hydros on to figure out if i've got to notch that tank at all to get full radius on the turn but i i think i've you ever ha have the experience where you feel like you've leveled up at treats i'm gonna get so much shit at this i used to get everything assembled like forks or whatever now they just give me shit in a box figure it out jim like <laughs> <laughs> but no i i think i i am not complaining at all because yeah i mean it's I'm, I know I came into mopeds at a time that is so rad that I can literally go to the Walmart of mopeds and just, Oh, click. Yes. Ship. No, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I joke about people. Cause I like to kind of like, 
throw around uh, just being in a time getting into mopeds where like ordering a buy turbo took six months from uh, from 50cc.nl and yep. all these like weird little like uh, websites, uh, European websites where you would have to order and just hope that it would um, arrive. The Jolly Moto, I remember those being like the hot shit pipes then, <laughs> people waiting to be here for them. And now it's just like, it's so awesome that these, these moped, uh, you know, places exist. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like a little bit out of story. I'm like not as articulate as I was yesterday. But, uh, yeah, you got these moped suppliers that are, are just a click away whenever you need something. And it's, it's kind of fun to see the community, how it has actually like changed uh, the game for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I feel like acquiring parts to, to build bikes, to make them go faster, do, you know, do all these like crazy customizations. It's, it's rad that it's, it's just right there. The internet is, um, so it's really fun to, to, you know, when I was kind of hitting rallies a lot harder, it was fun seeing like all these crazy off, off the top, like builds of, of people just going all out and doing the powder coating thing and, um, super fun, you know, yeah. it's, it's a big shout out to, to Treat and Dose and, and everybody else that, yep, yep. that I'm definitely forgetting, you know, you notice no two bikes are the same ever. I mean, how many thousands yeah. of pooks have you seen? Like just E50s, like the I'm, uh, our hobbits are like they're none of them are the same, and that's what's so rad. I mean, they're they all yeah. have one or two things different. It's amazing. It still amazes me. Like I have freaking four hobbits, and they're all different. And I tried to build, I tried to build two identical, and they're not. So it's like whatever. Yeah, it's, it's fun because it's like some some crazy like next level stuff where like i feel like before it was a generic tuning sheet you'd be like okay this is what works with this you know this engine this this kit this whatever this carbon now it's like there's so many different variables um and you know everybody's at different sea levels and different circumstances and, and things like that so it's super duper fun that it's like it's not like homogenized in a way it's, it's mm-hmm. still like kind of like you could have somebody who has a very similar build to you asking a question trying to figure out what's going on and and be completely off even though like you're you know you may be familiar with what's going on with that particular kid or that particular carburetor type whatever so it's super fun it's super fun to, to, to have just so much uh so much variety out there you know yeah, yeah. um a few questions i didn't ask what What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in mopeds? It can be happy, dumb, or like I'm a fucking idiot and I want to bury my head in sand, dumb. Oh man, uh, you know, just being a complete like excitable like noob to people who are just like over it. You know, I feel like sometimes I look back and like, oh, I was totally that person that like showed up to a rally and was like, hey, let me borrow y'all oil, let me like have a floor to crash on. You know. It's, that's, but I guess that's part of like the initiation of it too. You kind of kind of go through those those moments where you kind of are dumb and oblivious to your own behavior, and then when you go into it a little further and you've been doing it for a while, you look back and like, man, boy, I was an idiot. I'm um, still dumb and oblivious to my own behavior. <laughs> like, I fucking don't care. Like, I get so much shit from people for like, oh, Jim, you're like this. I, I get excited about shit and I stay excited for a long time. And like, I tell a few new people around the Minnesota scene, I'm like. Don't ever let people give you shit about wanting to ride all the time or wanting to buy mopeds all the time. And like, don't ever like, fuck that dude. Like if you want to ride every fucking day, do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just, that's the kind of energy that needs to like continue happen, happening, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, like we've, we've talked about, I don't, I, I honestly can't even remember where, where we talked about it in the podcast, but I, I remember, you know, like where you kind of lose the drive or they, you know, for whatever reason. Life the moped the depression, as people call it. Yeah, the, the, the rut, the, the lull for sure. Um, you know, so it's, it's always good. It, it, it's almost invigorating to see people who are young and excited about mopeds. Even now, like in New Orleans, randomly, when there's somebody new who's like into it, um, usually John next door is, is kind of on top of uh, helping the noobs out, people mm-hmm. who, are, who are looking at my mopeds and have, have issues. He's kind of pretty good about that. So, so I get to kind of like watch him through the fence, like talking to people and occasionally I'm over there and, and meeting new people who are just getting into mopeds and it's cool to see them like excited and like yeah let's ride it'd be fun to like get a bunch of people together like it's always super fun and it almost creates a spark to like under my own ass when, when yep. people get excited about mopeds that are new that don't have never you know they don't they're not tainted they don't have the experience yet there's you know um it's always that's always fun it does get me excited but i guess the spark doesn't doesn't hold long enough for me, for me to be like oh let me go over and work on my shit for like three hours too you know yeah that's the whole thing <laughs> especially living in the upper midwest like my bikes are so fucking just worn out by the end of the year because i don't want to do shit i want to ride yeah. them i don't want to wrench on them <laughs> it's crazy because i still love i still love wrenching i i don't like I, I think what, what has happened, at least from what I can gather, being in New Orleans is uh and I'm not like this in New Orleans, it's my home and that the people here are fantastic and I, I really had a you know, as I talked about before, I didn't have the best experience initially, but then that progressed into like really opening my eyes and, and kind of like leveling me up uh internally as a person. Um but I find that a lot of places it's for me, it's kind of a small city. It's, it's the streets here are so busted. I mean, it's it's third world. Um, anybody who's ever been to a moped rally down here, road mopeds, like they know. Um, yeah, yeah. So for me, I feel like part of the part of the the spark to continue building and riding, uh, at least when I lived in Maryland, was like the, all the back roads. You know, I used to host like, the Gettysburg rallies occasionally, and and mm-hmm. that's like it's so beautiful up there. Um, you know, you can just take a stock bike and, and just like put around either the battlefields or you can go out and sit at the orchards, the apple orchards and around Gettysburg. And it's just, we used to do it all the time. And it was so beautiful. And that to me just kept me wanting more. It kept me like, I want to go back out there next week with my slow ass moped and challenge myself and bring some tools just in case I break down and, and see how far this can go. You know, um, I feel like down here in New Orleans, sometimes it's, there isn't that much allure. There's not that much that beyond what's in the city. It's very flat here. Um, you know, the roads aren't that great. Um, I just haven't really found like good, even on my motorcycle, there's, there's not been areas where I've been like, man, this is fantastic. I want to come back here and, and ride all these roads, you know? So I feel like that might be a part of where my depression kind of stems from. The I, I got to get you up. I got to get you up to St. Paul Unipartner. Cause I tell you what, I'll throw you on some dirty hobbits and you'll, you'll get that smile all over again. Cause like, I'll throw this, <laughs> I'll throw this down with anybody. Like Richmond is a, everybody's, if it's a river city, it's bound to be rad. I I'm oh, really, yeah. I'm really convinced about that, but I'll throw St. Paul about up against anybody for riding. Like I, 
the topography to the beautifully like glass smooth roads to the pothole shitty roads to the out in the country to around the lakes like I'll put St. Paul against anybody. I mean, San Francisco's obviously it's in its own league, but like for the Midwest, yeah, forget about it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's great spots. In fact, I went out to Denver, uh, well, like a couple couple months ago. Um, was able to go ride out with a with a couple folks, them both mopeds and motorcycles, and I man, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. Um, you know, I got hooked up. I can't even remember what I was. What I, was. I was riding a J uh, Scrapper J's, like little Tomos or whatever, just little mm-hmm. shitter Tomos. Man, I had so much fun on that thing. Um, just like goofing off and just riding around. It, it was Halloween, Halloween weekend, so they had arranged like a little Halloween ride through like a graveyard and everything. It was really sick. Um, and it 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 never seemed like I don't, it's not boring. That's the thing is like getting back on a moped. I'm like, man, this is like stupid fun. Why why did I stop doing this? And then like I don't know, just for some reason I guess. I, I think I I think I think I can feel or hear that spark kind of coming back to you a little bit just like i am lucky everybody in the moped really land because i do this i do this over audio and i get to see people's range of emotions and i can see angels like getting excited about mopeds as we talk about it which is awesome because like the the passion's still there i mean don't sell yourselves short yeah it's, it's definitely still there i mean it's not something that i'm like oh gee you know i got all these other things in the way like i still get really excited like even sitting like there's still stuff sitting on my workbench. There's engines. There's probably about uh, looking at like two or three different moped engines sitting on my workbench right now in various different stages. And even like seeing that, I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. One day, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's not like, oh shit, I need to get rid of this. It, I don't feel that at all. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have any desire to really like, oh, I need to get out of this. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? I get, I still get really excited. Um, just getting into and figuring, like, I, I'm a problem solver. So seeing mm-hmm. any sort of problem um, or just a challenge, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get in there. Today's the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack that thing open. I'm going to figure this out. Um, it's, it's the you puzzle. Know, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if I, if I have a few days, I can, like, kind of hyper-focus on it. It's going to get done. But I feel like those, maybe that could be why, too, is I have so much, you know, these other things going on that it's hard to just sit down even for, like, two days at a time to really devote to like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Um, Cause I know that uh, there was, what's on my, what's on my bench now is a, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a top secret or was a little bit of a top secret project where Treats had sent me a, a V2 crank to kind of test out a little bit. And I feel like I've kind of failed them a bit. It took me a while to, to get it together, get this V2 split open. Um, and there was a, there was a little hitch last time I worked on it. Um, and then I kind of like reported the hitch, and then after that, it was kind of like crickets. I hadn't really like touched it since. Um, yeah. So just one of those things where like I would love to just have like a, a good like week or you know whatever, just to just to sit around and not have to worry about work, and then get back into doing this stuff. It's you just, said yeah. on your bench, uh, do you work on your um, moped stuff in your living? There? I'm not. What do you? I guess I don't know what you live in. Is it like a duplex or a townhome or? No, it's like house? a, uh, I guess it's best described as like maybe like a carriage house or like an in-law suite. Okay. Um, okay. It's only like a, maybe like a 500 foot, like square foot, a uh, little, it's one bedroom, uh, one bedroom efficiency, one bedroom studio, whatever, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. With the weather, um, 
I keep all of my engine stuff in here. Uh, the humidity here is so brutal. I can literally watch stuff like rust right before my eyes. So yeah, <laughs> anything like weather sensitive stays inside. Uh, so all my engine components and, and parts and stuff like that. Um, I do have mopeds between here sitting on my porch under tarps. Um, and then also at the shop, the shop space that um, I help contribute, you know, rent out, whatever. Uh, that's more for storage. Like I said, I don't, I don't typically work there, but um, yeah, I, I tend to, like I said, I, I work alone. I have mm -hmm. a better time working, working by myself because I'm more focused on, on getting my shit done. Whereas if it was hanging out at the garage or hanging out in another, you know, mopeders domain, I feel like it's, it's, it's more me sitting back watching what's going on. And then I get like, Oh, I gotta get my hand in there. And if they're running into a problem, you know, see if I can, if I can try to help figure it out too, you know? Yeah. I, I I hear you on that. I hear you. <laughs> Me, I can't I can't work around people with moped stuff because I'm trying to solve my problems with the way I'm thinking. And then if somebody suggests something, I now have to solve the problem with the way they're thinking and solve their issues. And like now I gotta fix their issues and my issues, and my brain goes crazy. And like I love it when people bring their bikes over and I can help them out with their stuff but I'm generally not going to work on my stuff as well because, and the rule is your bike has to leave my garage. Like <laughs> I ended up storing a few hobbits here all summer for people. And I'm like, that shit ain't happening again. So, but now I have a fucking pook in my garage for a kid. I haven't touched, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, I'm so glad that you got to come back on and we kind of put in a little bit of a button on this. Like, um, what I can't let I'm trying I always try to make myself sound articulate but I'm just a simple kid from southern Minnesota like what what are your 2021 goals for mopeds I mean nobody ever talks about like moped goals because this is a weird cheesy thing and like I've thrown out there like Baker's Dozen is a goal of mine like getting out to San Francisco and riding is a goal of mine getting over to Europe is a goal of mine because like I was supposed to go over to Europe for a ride this time last year and then the world shut down so like if you mind me asking what is your some of your 2021 goals in, in mopeds i mean I, I really would like to do baker stuff and like i said that's, that's still kind of on the fence depending on um everything else that's that's going down um mm -hmm. you know and i i would even maybe even if i if i don't end up riding or, or participating in a you know on a team i even gave the thought of just maybe driving chase or just being some tail end where i get to watch all these idiots have the, the fun and, and the torment that I know that I've been through a couple of times and if everybody else has ever done these kind of events, you know, you can, you can live vicariously through their tears essentially. So yeah, yeah. I consider that so that might be a thing, but I, I really do want to get back into it. I really want to go and, and do rallies again. I feel like uh, last year I was able to buy like a little truck. So the entire time that I've lived out in New Orleans, I've just been, all I had were my mopeds and my motorcycle. So like getting to rallies is kind of a, a trickier task. Um, and I talked about, you know, when I lived up in Maryland, I, anybody that's ever seen the Adlin glass van knew, you know, knew what was up with that. So not having a van and not, not being so close in proximity to a lot of cities to, to do rallies. You know, the, the nearest city, I guess, um, moped city here would be like uh, the Magnetos. Yeah, I was gonna. 
That's what I was going to guess. I'm not too good with geographical. Well, if you don't do Baker's, you got to come to the finish line. I know I'm pretty sure Thomas Nashley would love to see you. Old, old Jake Kane, old Will Wizards yeah. coming out for it. So, like, plan to I, there's going to be some involvement I, I don't I, I won't be able to completely sit out away from it I, like even for the uh, the first part of the, the uh, Baker's dozen that ended in Austin I was able to kind of join in for the last couple of days and just just kind of hang out with everybody and goof off so I mean even if it's just a couple of days um, that's definitely going to happen but I, I would like to, to devote a little bit more than that um, so we'll see um, you know, even just getting to rallies, I'd like to just visit places I haven't visited before. Um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, you know. Yeah, I need to get out there. Actually, that, that whole corridor, so I basically have like North South Dakota, Nebraska. And, You're not missing um, anything yeah. there. It's all flat. It's all flat. You're not missing anything. Don't worry about it. I don't know about that. I, what is it? The, is it the, um, who's out there? Green Bastards? Who, uh, Again. Through? Again, you're not missing anything. It's all flat. No, I'm fucking with those. Those guys are good people. Like oh, that, that looked like some real cool shit out there. I know that there was like some crazy like Mount Rushmore ride or something. Well, no, was- you got to do. And this was the cosmic. This is the, kind of the joke. Um, they're in Sioux Falls. You have to travel like another ten hours in that state to get to the Black Hills. Like it's <laughs> nuts. Like my ex-wife grew up, and everybody's heard this a thousand times. Like my ex-wife grew up in Queens. Like jamaica queens and i took her out to the black hills when you're her and some friends and like we got south of mankato i'm like get ready for this for the next 12 hours and like she slept woke up and like looked around it was i don't know it was six seven in the morning we're just getting into the badlands she's like how in the fuck are we not there yet i'm like it's all flat and this is the way it's been I mean, it's it's worth it though. I mean, for a good time. So. Sweet and sour, yeah. I mean, it is. It's totally rad out there. No, I and I'm fucking with the green bastards and everybody in North South Dakota. There's some beautiful countryside out there. I can't recommend for anybody. If you've never been, go do it. It is super, super, super beautiful out there. And Nebraska isn't as flat as I make it out to be. There's a hill somewhere in that state. Um, <laughs> but no, Ed and Sharon are fucking such nice people. Um, do you yeah, got, got to too? You know, I feel like that's where I've kind of dropped out of mopeds. I feel like there's a lot of people who have entered it, and I'm like, man, I, I want to go out and meet people again. Like, you know, that was that was just the fun of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as you said, there's kind of a storm rolling through New Orleans, and before I screw this up again for a second night in a row. I think we'll get wrapping up. Um, is there anybody you want to say hi to? Shout out. I hate the fucking shout outs, but we're doing, we're bringing it back kids. Um, uh, yeah, you know who you are. Just everybody that I haven't been able to hug for the past like two years or so, year and a half. Um, you know, I miss Instagram. my, my Instagram. Oh yeah. Instagram stuff. If, uh, if you guys uh, feel like following me, uh, Tattoo work, wild root tattoo. That's a Gmail. That's my Instagram handle. That's pretty much everything to, to find me in the world. Um, get your lurk on. Um, otherwise, chicken lips is who I am on the personal IG. Um, so yeah, just shouting out to, to everybody that's supported me over the past couple of years. Uh, that's showing me everything they there is to know about mopeds and then some. You know, everybody's stopped and taking a moment to to help me out and you know just. Keep keep my heart full, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just be friends, have 
having like moped moped friends are the best friends you'll ever make in your life you know thank you charlie buzzard uh but it's it's true they're they're life-changing and the friends that you make are just there's there there's no comparison there really mm-hmm. is not just I, I remember what it was like before mopeds. I'm like, man, what am I doing in my life? And then after mopeds, I'm like, what am I doing in my life? I don't <laughs> care. I got friends now. You know, like, I got people who actually are fucking mad and, and you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I like I always tell people, Angel, um, now that you've been on Second Chance Moped Podcast, whenever you want to come up to St. Paul, the right side of the river, you always have a place to stay. I've got this big house that's just me and, but you know, rock and roll i can't wait for rally season stuff like that stuff 50 60 people in the house. it's gonna be great um i can't I'll be there like give me there i'll be there in the summertime months but you know I'm a, I'm a lizard i don't do that cold weather so i've been in i've been in minnesota in like the middle of winter it sucks i remember being like maybe 20 degrees i was like how how, how is this, why <laughs> stockholm <laughs> so, syndrome who, like who deal with it for six months of the year you know we lie we lie and tell ourselves it's not that bad yeah. It's it's fucking terrible, people. It was sixty degrees this weekend. It we got three four inches on Monday. It's fucking stupid. Here. Like it's gonna go away. Um, but again, thank you so much, and everybody. We only got a few episodes left, so do me a favor: go out, like, review, subscribe anywhere where you get your podcast. Um, Second Chance Pod on G on the Instagram. Second Chance a Moped Podcast. Um. Yeah, we're gonna be gonna be wrapping this up pretty soon. April 9th is gonna be the last episode. And I can't thank you enough, Angel, for coming on. And don't forget, mopeds are dumb. They are dumb. Thank you very much for having me. I, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to sound like an idiot. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime we can talk about mopeds, I'd sound like an idiot. So don't worry about it. Bye. Good. Yeah. <laughs>